like the family aspect, if you are thinking about starting a business with your family, is to, in the beginning, define your roles and your position in the company and what parts each of you will be focused on so that it's clear cut going forward. I think that was like a really big part of us being a successful family owned business. We all had our own strengths in our own areas and they all fit together. Focusing on our current customers' pain points and things that they're looking for is one of the areas that we are very focused on growing. Welcome to another episode of Growing Up Promo. This week, we're really excited to have another family join us who is a little dynasty of promo. And so this week, we have the queens of Zoom catalog. We have Nolene Zazman, Bryony Zazman, and Donna Lomazzini. And so ladies, thank you so much for joining us and being part of this series. Thanks for having us. Thank you. We're really excited. I'm Kate Plummer, and I'm joined here with my sous chef, Amanda Delaney. And we'd love to hear your story of how you got started, what you're doing. Why don't you go through, introduce yourself so people know what your voices are, even though Nolene is very distinctive with her beautiful accent. And give us an idea of what your role at Zoom Catalog is. Hi, I'm Nolene Zasman. I'm the president of Zoom Catalog. I founded Zoom Catalog along with Don and Bryony in 2009. We registered as a business and started rolling and we've been going forward since then. I'm Bryony Zasman. My current title is head of product. It's shifted a bit over the last few years, but I oversee our development and design team, helping build our products and meet with our customers, scope out projects, et cetera. And I am Donna Lomazzini, also a co-founder and currently the director of business development. And I take care of our key accounts and oversee our sales and support teams. How did you get started in the industry? Most of the growing up promo stories that we've heard have been, oh, my parents were distributors or my parents were suppliers and I didn't want to end up here and then it is. But you guys have a different path in that knowing you had a history in promo and you're actually one of the service providers instead of a straight path of distributor to supplier. So what brought you in for this? Well, you know, I used to be a distributor. I actually moved to America when, my, when Donna and Bryony were eight and 10 years old and I wasn't allowed to work. And my first job in America was being thrown in the deep end with a printing company that wanted to start a promo division. And they basically just employed me and I had to figure it out. So that was my start in the industry. I remember my first industry show was in Dallas, the ASI show in Dallas. They sent me off to that. Anyway, After quite a couple of years of being in the industry and drowning in catalogs, I decided there had to be a better way. There really had to be a better way than getting new catalogs every January, throwing out the old catalogs, trying to find product in the catalogs. It was a nightmare for me. And filing them was a nightmare for me. So I roped my kids into helping me. And they used to file, put all my catalogs in the filing cabinet whenever they had a chance. And they learned the industry through doing that. We also used to make a lot of word presentations for you. Yeah. (laughs) What were your presentations on? Products of putting them into a presentation, a sales presentation. Mm -hmm. Do everything you can do online, offline. (laughs) You've just saved a whole generation of tiny hands getting paper cut. (laughs) (laughs) I used to file catalogs, you guys. When I started in this industry, I worked for a distributor and it was, we do the same thing, go to the trade shows and 
file those catalogs and I would have arguments with my boss about why are we filing by ASI number? That does nothing for me. And so we'd like refile and the amount of time I spent refiling catalogs so they're easy to find. So Nolene, you completely, you saw that before any of us did and said, we're not doing this anymore. Yeah, I did, you know, and the technology wasn't even ready yet. I kind of knew that there was something out there that I could possibly use to just get started. I'm a qualified preschool teacher. So this was a whole new career track for me to start a software company was like, okay. We employed obviously key people in key areas that we had no expertise in and we figured it out and we've grown into a pretty good, strong company with a lot of content on our website. Yeah, I think when my mom came up with the idea, we had a really great opportunity and we're in a really good place because my mom was a distributor. She's been an entrepreneur all her life. The distributorship was not the first business she successfully built. And so she had that knowledge. My dad is in the IT tech world working with large companies like IBM and NetApp. So he kind of helped guide us a bit on how to start this endeavor of building a platform. Donna was doing software sales and selling actually digital catalog technology. And I was studying marketing in college. So I feel like we had a really great set of skills that came together in the perfect storm for us to be able to execute this idea. It was pretty scary though. And I think my mom can attest to this, which is we kind of couldn't understand why there was not a solution in place and why somebody hadn't done this yet. Like our mailman hated us because he would come over and have all these catalogs and like, I'm sure to give them to us and put in the mailbox. But when we were building the initial platform, which we can talk a little bit about how we did that and what my mom and dad did was pretty funny. We were nervous. We were like rushing and wondering, you know, are somebody else going to do this? Are the other technology providers going to do this, you know, before we get to that point where we can launch? So it was a fun and exciting time, but it was also quite scary as well because it was a big undertaking. You were working somewhere else. When she launched it all, were you kind of like, okay, this is insane? Like, what was the stepping point for you to come in? I've already had the idea and I wanted to try and get a test the proof of concept. So I went to a show, in fact, it was a PPI show in Vegas, and I printed out a picture of what I perceived the website was going to look like. And I had this little roll of paper and I'd go around to the suppliers and I'd say, hey, you know, I'm thinking of building this technology and this is what we think the website's going to look like and would you be on board? And a few people said, no, it'll never work. And a lot of suppliers said, yes, definitely. And we actually, to get going, before we launched Zoom Catalog, we had a critical mass of catalogs on Zoom Catalog. So we gave the suppliers free digital catalogs for the first hundred, for the first year or whatever, so that we could launch with a decent amount of catalogs so that our technology could work. And it took us about a year to get it together. So the next year we launched at the ASI show and I had many sleepless nights before because I was absolutely terrified that somebody else was working in stealth mode like we were. And we launched and I think we kind of shocked the industry because I don't think any of the other tech companies were ready for it. Well, that so. was the point in which we like kind of got involved full time. So right off the bat, we were contributing ideas and helping pull it together. But we only really became fully involved after that first launch. And we started really engaging with suppliers. There was a short lag before I came on to full time because although I was involved in the start, we were nervous to have all of our family members in the same business. 
So I kind of held back for a little while, even though I was helping. And I was doing sales for the software company, which was really good too, because I started up their North America division at that time and got a lot of experience in setting up our sales force and how to prospect and sell. So I was able to bring over that knowledge to the company when we were ready for it. Yeah, it was a big plunge when Donna finally quit her job and decided to come full time. But you know, we took a little time to put all our eggs into one basket and the rest was history. I actually took a year off college to help launch Zoom Catalog. I was studying marketing at CU and yeah, so I haven't graduated yet. <laughs> we're really close. I just had one year left, but we've just gotten busier and busier every single year. So there just hasn't been an opportunity for me to apply myself. And hopefully one day I'll get my degree, but kind of going Bill Gates style here. I don't know if I need it. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> It's all about the experience. Yeah. <laughs> like I still use stuff from over 10 years ago that I learned back then mm-hmm. today in the company. So yeah. Donna, what were you doing before? And Brandon, you said that you were already going to college for marketing. Do you think that that's what you wanted to go to college for? Do you think that stemmed from kind of growing up with what your mom's doing? And Donna, what were you doing before? Was it kind of the same field too? I started the North America division for a Danish digital publishing company. So we started talking to that company when we were doing research for Zoom Catalog. And they had this opportunity where they wanted to take their software to North America. And they didn't have anyone yet. So they just like I took the job and I just got going and I had no experience. So I basically just made myself a list of colleges because I knew they used a lot of documents and PDFs. And I went online and I searched all the contacts and I started calling and sending emails. And I had no idea what I was really doing, but all of a sudden it worked. And I had all these replies and I started selling licenses. Actually, it's pretty addicting and fun to do that. Yeah, that's what I was doing at the time. And I was nervous to switch over to Zoom full time because I really did love that. But once Zoom started growing, it just was the right fit at that time. Interesting seeing the growth of the company right now. Like, But at the beginning, knowing you were there being like, Sure, this sounds like it might work. And we started off with three of us, and now we're 20, 23 employees, and we are looking to hire more at the moment. We've got a couple of, you know, we're just really, really busy with a lot of development in the back end. And we've got tremendous opportunity because people are switching right now from print to digital because of everybody being staying at home, and the pandemic has affected a lot of big suppliers that, you know, their print catalogs and shipping catalogs are just, it's difficult for them because the supply chains are all screwed up and, you know, to put something in print and they need to change it halfway through the year because they haven't got, you know, the same supply chain. Digital just makes sense to them. And a lot of people that were maybe not that vested in Zoom or all of us are very vested in Zoom. So it's been a huge, busy year for us. Thank goodness. When we started, we had no idea. We would have never guessed that we would be at the point where we are now. We knew we had an awesome idea. We actually patented it. We knew this technology was going to help. But to date now, we're working with some of the biggest suppliers in the industry. We're building custom software solutions for them, which most people don't realize we do. We're rebuilding a few pieces of our platform. We have international customers now because a lot of the suppliers we worked with have divisions internationally. And so they're signing up. So, you know, we're expanding that way. And then we are highly focused on the promotional product industry. It's really our niche, but 
our software does apply and help a lot of other businesses in the B2B world. And so we do have companies that are not promo interested in our software and we're working with some of them. We haven't done like a formal push out to any other industry, but I think that eventually there'll be opportunity there. But there's just so much opportunity right now in just the promotional product industry. You guys know the industry has been a little lagging behind in terms of technology. So we're catching up, I think, as an industry. Things are becoming a little bit more sophisticated. There's some really amazing software companies in our industry, like Common Skew, love watching what they're doing. And even the giants that have been around forever, Sage and ASI, are doing some new cool stuff. So yeah, the industry's advancing. And for us, it's so exciting. And because we've built these relationships with these large supplier and distributor companies, we really know the ins and outs of their main pain points as they relate to digital sales and marketing. And so we're working closely with them. They come to us, you know, if they have software needs, we don't do everything that comes. We really do try to stay focused on our core offering of digital catalogs and flyers, but yeah, we're expanding and the opportunity just in promo itself is massive. So really exciting. I think we must be careful here not to forget to mention the distributors and what they need because you know, the suppliers invest a lot of money in what they put onto our platform. And we've got a tremendous amount of distributors that use the catalogs and use the flyers all day, every day. I mean, the number of hits we get on our website and people using our tools actually sometimes astounds me. And more recently, because distributors need digital content because they can't go to a customer in person and hand them a sample or a physical catalog. So They need something that they can reach out to their customers digitally. And that's where we have captured a lot of the market with the distributors, which is great. They use our tools and they use it for free. Bryony, you're right, is that this industry is a little slow to adopt. Like I remember two years ago, I was arguing with people being like, the catalog is dead. Print is not happening for catalogs anymore. You need to embrace online. And for a supplier, it's so easy. So. I imagine there was multiple times when you're going like, no, we're a thing. Like it's really big. How did you kind of adapt to the pandemic where all of a sudden people like, hey, I heard you're a big thing. Yeah, that actually brings up a good topic. We are a women-owned company. We're building software in a company that's had some very dominant players for many generations. And I personally feel like it was a little bit of an uphill battle. I think we're underestimated a lot of the time as we built our company. In the beginning, I don't think a lot of people took us seriously. We were told by numerous people that we were going to fail and that a lot of technology companies have tried to enter the industry and never made it. So the fact that we're on year 12, I think, is a testament to what we've done. But it has been challenging to really build that reputation of a very viable company in the industry. And it's been exciting to be able to get to that point. And I think now more than ever, people are realizing Okay, Zoom Catalog is actually a really important part of our industry now. In our minds, it always was, but especially now, you know, Alpha Broder and SNS, all of them didn't print their catalogs this year. That is a huge shift, one that even they never really saw coming. When we chat to them, they knew they wanted to make this transition, but haven't felt they could because they know there's going to be a chunk of distributors that were really unhappy with that, that really demanded the print. But Coronavirus kind of gave them the opportunity to say, you know, this is not an option. This year we cannot print. And so we are fully making the switch to digital. We are not printing. And so we are very lucky 
that we got put in this position where the pandemic might have benefited us, you know, more than it hurt us. I mean, not all, like not completely. We obviously had customers who got shut down who were really affected whose budgets got cut. So we weren't totally like scot-free and just like flying, but we definitely saw quite a bit of growth in different areas because of the fact that we built these tools to help companies go digital and coronavirus kind of forced everybody to go digital. Yeah, breaking those walls down and getting people to realize that we are a very strong player in this industry has been a, a big, a big push. You mentioned that you were women known and like people didn't take you seriously or obviously told you to your face, you're not going to make it. So as female owned family business, what did you push up against for building your reputation? You've been there for 12 years. You're well known. What sort of obstacles did you encounter at the beginning for your reputation? And what do you think has cemented it now? I can touch on that a little bit. So we had to approach a lot of suppliers because we needed content for our site to give distributors the tools. And in the beginning, approaching these large companies was kind of the challenge we faced to help them realize you guys should actually be paying for this and we're going to provide you this solution. So I would say that was like one of our biggest battles. We actually, without naming names, one of my mom's friends in the industry who owns one of the biggest supplier companies, like literally told her that she will fail. I think that was one of the biggest driving factors. It might be why we are where we are today. <laughs> Motivation. Yeah. yeah, That was a turning point for me because I was so damn determined I wasn't going to fail because he told me I would. And I decided that I wasn't going to ask him for his catalog. Mm-hmm. Not ever. We're never going to prospect them. <laughs> yeah. And I wasn't going to go and try and get their catalog. I was just going to leave them out of the equation and go after the other suppliers. And I did. And I waited and he eventually came to me and said, look, we need to get onto Zoom Catalog. So they are on Zoom Catalog or they have been for years, but we had to establish ourselves before he trusted us enough. I was determined not to fail. That's amazing. I'm not surprised that people would say that, but it is still shocking. I don't know how you can say that to somebody who's like obviously excited about it. So, but it's a good thing it happened. But that's like the thing we kept butting up against as we grew, especially the really big suppliers who have really sophisticated actually I don't know if anybody has really sophisticated technologies or wanted to you know what we've learned is that even the biggest suppliers have tons of challenges in terms of the technologies that they use but just convincing them to join I won't name them but we had one apparel supplier one of the biggest and they like made us work for (laughs) their business it was crazy I mean we met with them over and over again we would go to expo and meet with them and They liked us, but they were unsure because they just did everything in-house and they felt like, well, you know, why would we use you guys for our catalog distribution? But finally, they gave us a chance. And after that, they turned into one of our biggest accounts and we're building software solutions for them. And yeah, just kind of breaking that wall down like, hey, this is a real company and these are real products and they're really actually going to help you guys save a lot of time and money. I would say as a family-owned company, that was kind of one of the harder things we had to work through. Yeah. And how did you find it as a family business? What made you bring your kids on? And the interesting thing for these ones is that we keep hearing is that for families, it's like, well, they just trusted me. And I'm, I'm no doubt you trusted your daughters because they're very smart and capable. But what made you go, okay, staff-wise, I'm going to take these two? <laughs> it was just like a natural progression, really. Bryony said it earlier, we all had our own strengths in our own areas. And they all fit together. 
So it was kind of a no-brainer. It just happened that we started working together. Bryony knew the industry inside and out because she watched me work from home every day and file all my catalogs every day. Donna was a no-brainer because she was selling the software that I needed to use to get this product going. We no longer use that software, but I needed that software to get this thing off the ground. And Donna knew all about it and she knew how to prospect. She had learned sales and sales force. It just was a thing. We just It just happened. Yeah, it just like felt fit into place. It wasn't like sit down, conversation, let's think about this and talk it through. It just kind of came together. And we're a really close family in everything we do. So I feel like we just started it and then we all knew we needed to do something to help and get it going. You know, all of us having these strengths actually is part of why we were able to do this because obviously there's arguments and disagreements as we go forward, but we all have our thing that we really highly focus on. And so we're not working all day, every day on the same things together. We are in communication constantly all day, but we manage our pieces of the puzzle while communicating at the top level. And I think that's why we've been able to pull it together and not murder each other along the way. <laughs> Although we've it's come close. <laughs> oh, so I'm sure. <laughs> we also have learned over the years how to separate work from play. We get together often as a family. And when we get together as a family, Zoom catalog is not discussed at all, ever, hardly ever mentioned. And when we work, well, obviously, then we just work. But we are very capable of separating the two. And we have to as a family. Yeah. I love that. You can tell from talking to you guys, the dynamic, I mean, like you said, you're a close family and you all seem to have the same morals and the same ambitions. And obviously you can tell that that's obviously how you brought them up. And you can tell that that probably comes through in everything you guys do with Zoom Catalog. So that closeness that you guys have. And one thing that you keep saying is solutions. We provide solutions. And I love that. Mike Michalowicz wrote a book called The Surge and it's about finding that wave and finding the people to like the early, early adopters of that wave and, you know, capitalizing on that. And you really did that. The pandemic really kind of brought people to say, Hey, we need to do this. And from a sustainability standpoint, I've seen the amount of catalogs that are left over at the end of the year. That just, you know what I mean? It's, it's insane. So you saw this coming years before it was even a thing. And I think Mm -hmm. going back to the dynamic of your family and how you guys are just strong and alike and morally you guys almost without knowing it was going to happen I feel like we're built and ready for this kind of surge to take over and really lift you guys up higher than you already were and you'd already laid down that groundwork yeah this was like the we're we've been waiting for this point in time where everybody's like realizes that being online and digitally distributing content this way is how things need to happen other industries are already there so we've like you said, in laying that groundwork. And now finally, everybody's like, okay, this is actually the thing we need to be focused on. Like Donna touched on before, everybody has done Zoom and used Zoom and some suppliers more than other embraced it. But this year, just a lot of the ones that were like, okay, well, I'll be on Zoom because I should be are now like, can we meet and figure out how we really inject this into our company and empower our sales team and our reps and everything. So... And we felt really lucky to be able to help our customers during this time too, because when things started getting bad in the beginning of the year, we really felt it with all of our suppliers because we're talking to them on a daily basis and they were really worried and we worried for them. And the fact that we had that groundwork and we were ready and we could actually help a lot of them make the transition really easily, that felt good. Felt like a really good partnership with all of them. 
Yeah, you probably were hoping for this big change, but not so sudden. So as a company, I mean, you started quite small and now like it is a larger company, but it's still not a large company. How do you see yourselves scaling up? Like what do you think your opportunities and obstacles are coming for the future? And especially like a family business, like are you are there cousins that need to be brought onto this? Or you're yeah, like, this is about family. <laughs> so we, as I said earlier, do have so much opportunity. It's kind of one of the harder things for us to navigate because we need to make sure we stay focused and build on what we have. We could do all the things or ask for every day and we would just be spread way too thin. So we turn down a lot of requests that come our way and ideas that come our way. But ultimately, we are not stopping. We're not slowing down. One of our goals is to focus on our current customers and their pain points. Our current suite of tools really help with these specific issues that they have. And we get continuous feedback on how, you know, if it did this or it had this, you know, it would be something that changed their day-to-day business or saved them a ton of time or money. So focusing on our current customers' pain points and things that they're looking for is one of the areas that we are very focused on growing. So doing more for our existing base. And then the other side is just getting our tools out there to more manufacturers and suppliers, eventually potentially outside of the industry. But as I said, we're staying focused on promo now because we have not come close to scratching the surface on that. I was just going to add that we also are going internationally. Whether we like it or not, it's happening really quickly. And especially this year. So that's probably another big opportunity for us. Yeah, scaling internationally is a huge one. We're actually quickly, really unexpectedly, and was not part of our objectives for the beginning of this year, busy doing translations on some of our core software so that we can have it available for the French, German, Italian, which is nuts. We never really thought we would go there. And, you know, we knew there was an international opportunity, but we felt it was going to come down the road. But you know, these suppliers are huge and they have international divisions and it only makes sense that their other divisions see the power Zoom catalogs having in the US or Canada and wanting to take it over there. So scaling our offering and then scaling our customer base, which I feel like are two obvious things, are our focus. So we definitely plan to keep growing and pushing and see where things go. Amazing. So quick question. Are you bitter that Zoom is now a verb that's not tied to you? <laughs> a little bit. We were Zoom before they were Zoom. <laughs> There's exactly. that. Um, I don't know if it was a, if it's a bad thing yet. I haven't really figured out if maybe it's great or, or not great at all. I think for SEO, it's probably a really awesome thing. In the industry, I think before COVID, when people said Zoom, they thought of Zoom catalog. People just refer to us as that, or they ask if you have a Zoom catalog. Now you know, what triggers thoughts for people when you hear Zoom, even in the industry, I think is Zoom meetings with a little bit of Zoom catalog on the end there. So I actually just had this conversation with one of our suppliers yesterday. and They were integrating some of our tools and had a button like send to Zoom. And I was like, aren't you worried they're going to think it's a meeting software? And he was like, oh my gosh, I didn't think about that. I just always thought Zoom of you guys, but I guess I should consider that. So not bitter, but we definitely were the OGs of Zoom. <laughs> I think a lot of people right now are having Zoom meetings about Zoom catalogs. Yeah, so there's a full Zoom experience. <laughs> we use GoToMeeting actually for a decade now. We've always done our meetings online. So actually, you know, that part of COVID wasn't a shock to us at all. But Zoom just, you know, got so much funding and grew so quickly that their tool became more powerful than GoToMeeting. And we've tried to avoid switching for a long time because 
it's just confusing to send our customers a Zoom meeting for Zoom and talk about Zoom. But like a month or so ago, we finally made the plunge and it's been okay, but definitely stole our name. (laughs) Made our domains a little bit more expensive. (laughs) I've always thought of you guys as Zoom, like Zoom over there doing this. I'll go to the Zoom booth and now it's like, no, you got to use the full name. Like, you know, not Kate, it's Catherine. It's not Zoom, it's Zoom catalog. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Well, you're scaling up so fast, but do you have advice for anyone looking to start a business with their family or working with their family that you'd want to sort of emphasize to people, even just general business advice right now on sort of how they're adapting with the pandemic or what the future looks like? Just do it. You can do one of two things. You can win or you can fail. If you fail, you learn. If you win, you're golden. you just got to do it. And it's hard. Believe me, it hasn't been easy. It's been an uphill battle. I mean, we self-funded. We didn't borrow money from anybody. We grew organically. We didn't borrow money to grow. And it's been scary. Believe me, making payroll some months, I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. But you just do it. And it just happens. Like the family aspect, if you are thinking about starting a business with your family, is to in the beginning, define your roles and your position in the company and what parts each of you will be focused on so that it's clear cut going forward. I think that was like a really big part of us being a successful family owned business. Donna, any advice for others? I would just say, don't give up, just go for it. You know, I've learned that from my mom. If you have a vision and you really believe in it, you should just do it and don't let anyone stop you. Yeah. You guys are officially my new heroes. (laughs) That's awesome. I love it. Yeah, everything you guys have said, there's such a confident conviction behind all of it. And it's really an inspirational story just hearing you guys talk about how you've come up in it and you partner together and separately, but together, it's just, uh, it's been really inspiring. Thank you. So do you have any parting words or things that we missed on sort of growing up from our experience or you covered it all? I think we covered it all. I'm sure there'll be things after that we're like, oh, I should have said that. <laughs> we'll just do a follow-up, a yeah. follow-up. <laughs> That's our journey. And we continue to stick around and keep building and helping the industry, helping suppliers and distributors. So, you know, watch us and reach out if anybody's interested in, you know, being part of our journey in any aspect, reach out. We're open. I love that. Well, thank you guys. Thank you for joining us. And thank you for sharing your story. Thank, thank you so much. Thanks again for listening to this edition of the Promo Kitchen podcast. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, you can always get involved in the Promo Kitchen community by visiting us at promokitchen.org. You can also show your support by donating to our cause at promokitchen.org slash donate. We would sincerely appreciate it. See you next time. Thank you.